0: to The Truth in This Art, your source for candid conversations with artists, creatives, and entrepreneurs talking about their process, ideas that go into their work, and everything in between. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today I have the privilege of being in conversation with a versatile Afro-Caribbean artist using their work to influence change and empower the community, especially women. Please welcome Melanie Royster. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. And that was literally me copying, pasting directly off of Instagram. because No, yeah. And that's perfect.
1: (laughs) It's perfect because I feel like a lot of people use it. And that's exactly like the right introduction. That's exactly what I want to put out. So it's okay.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm going to work on having like, you know, since we talked a little bit earlier, basketball was part of your background. I almost want to have that 96 bowls introduction like with all of the pop Mm -hmm. and the circumstance (laughs) behind it Uh, so before we get too too deep into the conversation um I want to um have you share the the Melanie Royster story the Melroy story um where did you grow up and maybe first experience with art some of those kind of like early on details that uh brings us here
1: exactly okay well um was born in dc was taken immediately to maryland so born in dc raised in maryland um my mom is jamaican so i spent a lot of my childhood down there um and i i would assume that a lot of my art influences are from seeing kind of like wood makers painters and so on growing up especially on the side of the road um but yeah I was a very shy and quiet child. Um, a lot of people, they meet me now and that seem very extroverted or like I love people. I always love people. But when I was younger, I grew up in a really quiet household um, and I was just very much to myself. M- Most people uh, say that I was like mute, like I barely opened my mouth. And I feel like when I was little, art was the easiest way to communicate for me, um, especially for my parents. You know, you're worried you don't know what your child is thinking a lot of a lot of times. And I feel like at least for them and even just like friends that I've made from like kindergarten and elementary school, I would communicate through drawing. So if somebody was special to me, I probably drew something for them and hand it to them. When I knew that our aunt was going through something, I didn't know, especially as a younger child, verbally, like what to say, but I would draw something, letting them know that I'm thinking about them. So I always used art as a way to kind of, um, one, communicate, but two, um, just kind of have like, like story tell and um, give a voice not only myself but other people too as well um, from a young age which is very interesting. So to see it back into my adulthood and then kind of like that way of using art in a more grown-up way and influencing the community is a complete 360 <laughs> for me.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I, I, yeah. think in, I think in some ways, you know how you, you have those kids that always ask why, why, why? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a version of that in this podcast. So why do you do that? Well, you know, it, it just me just asking questions of people, taking some of those uh, those sort of traits that you have um, as, a, as a young person, as a child and bringing them and seeing how they manifest as as an adult. That's um that's always interesting to see, which. Brings me to like this this next question. Um, when when in, in my intro for this podcast, I talked about what it was. You you know when you're bringing people into something new, you really want to invite them and, and give them the background. So I'll ask you this question: What is your art about?
1: So I would say my art at first. I... Well, like, even just tying back to, like, the first question, with art, I always used it as a tool to make people feel better or to communicate, right? So then now when I started my art business in April 2020, again, it was the same thing. Like, I feel like there was a lot of things I was running away from um, before the pandemic hit, and it was easy. I would just go out, always be with friends, and it was easy for me to just kind of... um, just always be on the go and run away from things that I didn't want to confront. So when the pandemic came, I'm forced into like this kind of isolation, like many people and had to confront these things that I used to suppress, which was my love for art and um, kind of that, especially graduating from college um, and no longer being an athlete, having that identity crisis too. And like, who am I? Even though art was always there you know, everybody just saw, saw me as this athlete. So it's like, who am I? And so on. And the pandemic, which is weird to say, it really um, saved me a lot. Um, if it didn't happen, I don't know exactly where I'd be today, which is very interesting. So I feel like now I started my art business again to make people feel good. And I just wanted to put beauty out there in a time where it was just weird with all the... Um, kind of like Black Lives Matter and social justice, like things was going on and people just being sad. I just wanted to bring light into a space that needed it. But then as my career went on, um, again, dipping into those social justice issues, I kind of found my way working with brands that cared about like women's rights and immigration rights, Black Lives Matter, um, and found myself really um, thinking about community, When it comes to my work, whether it's individual work and what I want to story tell, because it does mark history, especially as a black woman, black millennial woman, I want to make sure that that voice is out there and that that art's there. So when people are looking back at it, they know exactly from the source, like how it felt to be a black woman or just be a person of color in this time. And that's why I feel like it's really important that a lot of people continue to put their art out there, even though being vulnerable right now in a time where everything is just exposed to us is scary. um, It just is really important. It's bigger than just yourself. So I feel like community is just like a big part of um, my art business. And even right now I'm in a shift. (laughs) So, um, but again, with the art, you will see a lot of nature, which is very grounding, um, very therapeutic, which I I want people to kind of be in a softer space and be vulnerable. So nature, tying nature and figures together is a good way to kind of highlight that and show that. So you'll see that in most of my work. You'll see a lot of femme figures, like women figures in my work. Because again, I was brought up with a plethora of women in my family. Um, Like the percentage of women to men is like just... (laughs) It's like, so I'm just so used to seeing just strong women figures. And I guess that, that just shows my work. Um And then basketball, like, I've just always been around strong women. So I feel like that's why a lot of femme figures in my work. Um, and, yeah, and using bright colors, textures, and lines to kind of help push those stories and my thoughts and emotions. Long answer, but it's all valid for sure. No, no,
0: no, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, being thorough and really describing it because um, some folks will say, oh, my work is about this. It took this. me a
1: while. It took me a while because even for me, even talking like this is way out my comfort zone. But it's like I'm so used to it from being an athlete, or even just always putting myself out my comfort zone. I feel like I always just thrive out of it. So it's like if I thrive just being awkward and just going for it, fine. <laughs> I'm only I'm only pushing myself. Like it's fine. Like it's just like you're uncomfortable. Well, deal with it. As long as it's for the better good or whatever it's not like i'm harming myself so uh, trust me <laughs> i i just like i have bullet points in my head and i just try to say it in the most genuine way um but that really is the gist of most of it from that question
0: <laughs> no I, I appreciate that um so walk us through the fourth quarter of the uh, last game. I'm, I'm trolling. I'm trolling at this point.
1: <laughs> I talk <laughs> in analogies all the time. So I would have been there with you. I talk in analogies all the time. So I was like, fourth quarter, I mean, we're in the fourth quarter right
0: now. So uh, We are. We are. Um, <laughs> and, and one of the things that you, you touched on that I think is really key, um, outside of like talking about your work, but also kind of when you wanted to revisit it, I... Realize, like during the pandemic the beginning of it it was a period of resetting for a lot of folks um this podcast really kind of grew out during that time um the july prior to 2020 so 2019 um i was unable to really book anybody for the show and in just over three years i've done probably 500 episodes Mm. So people would just feel like, oh, I have the time to take and take a breath and really talk about what I do or, you know, kind of go after this thing that I've always been interested in or even take that chance to revisit something that was very interesting to me, in your case, like art. And really having that time to take a breath, maybe emotionally, maybe creatively to say, what do I want to do here? So, yeah, I, I thank you for, for sharing that. So I want to talk about, about this. It's almost like hitting your free throws. As an as an artist, what do you struggle with?
1: Um, I feel like sometimes I struggle, especially as being an artist, a lot of us are just really way more tapped into our emotions or very sensitive to the things that are going on around us. So I um I struggle with and I feel like most people struggle with, and that's is something I want to highlight for sure on a bigger scale, because it's bigger than me, the hustle culture. Mm-hmm. Um and it's really hard, especially if you're, like, I'm in the DMV. I'm definitely in an area, a corporate area, where everybody's like, you work, 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 you work. You know, It's you're really not doing nothing until you hit six figures. And, um, you know, I, I'm surrounded by, it's either, it's like either or, kind of like when I was doing basketball and art. It's either I'm around all these people that are, like, government contractors, lawyers, doctors, like, they're in all these spaces. Or I'm with another group, which I've finally tapped into over these past years it's like they're creatives as well they're making a name for themselves too as well but again i'm just used to the corporate part and just like even my mom she was working like right down the white house she's retired now but i think i struggle with especially as a black woman not overworking myself um and i had to learn the hard way over myself and then being like in a bad accident like the end of last year so that made me realize I had to slow down a lot. And I actually learned that from slowing down a little bit and actually taking time to rest and giving my mind a time to actually just have time to just sit down and think creatively, I was worried that cutting that time down, I would make less, but I feel like I made more as a byproduct because I was attracting um, the right projects to me. Mm -hmm. I was putting out the energy that I wanted to come back to me as a byproduct Of me taking care of myself the universe took care of me um but it's still hard because it's like absolutely (laughs) money is still very much um money is not necessarily real if you really think about it but it's still very real in my reality and i have no choice i have rents i have to pay bills um traveling is a big part of i actually make that a business expense because there's such a big amount of inspiration whenever i come back because i yeah, everybody, we turn up or whatever on vacation. But it's also, <laughs> it's a time for me to escape. I'm definitely a person that likes change and experiencing new things. And I pull inspiration from that. So, yeah, it's a business expense. It's, it's um, important. And I made it a point this year to travel with Melroy. So whether I'm doing events in other cities. So um, kind of finding that balance and not being too involved in the hustle culture. And I feel like a lot of people like if once I really figure it out, I just I would love to help mentor and help people through that, too, because I don't. Mental health is such a big thing. And peop, with the hustle culture, you just tend to ignore so many other things going on in your life. You're you're just putting your head down. You're working, 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 and then you're forgetting why you're doing it in the first place. So, yes. Yeah that's something I'm definitely working on, like that balance, work-life balance.
0: That's that's important. And I think, you know, I, I do something very similar in terms of, I need that change of scenery. I need to be exposed to different things. And even something like in peeling back the curtain or peeling back the onion, peeling back the curtain doesn't work, peeling back the onion. I, uh, <laughs> I use audiobooks in terms of part of like my process or what have you. And it's like, oh, let me listen to this. It'll kind of change the way that I'm thinking. And I'm locked into listening to audiobooks for hours to really help jog loose maybe a few different ideas or different observations that ultimately work themselves into these interviews. And that's part of it. And travel also is a piece of it as well. Like if I travel somewhere, I'm usually going to name whatever art city or the little art community within or the art community within said city. And I get that inspiration from there, or it's going at a network and conduct interviews and things of that nature. So definitely that's where that inspiration comes from. Mm -hmm. And, um, and kind of being in in places that are just kind of like a little off, like a little off the the normal track of oh yeah, hustle culture or, or go after you know this money. It's like I hate having those conversations with people. I um I went to Bethesda last week and I went to um, I'm dating this, but I went to the Small Press Expo and I'm seeing all of these kind of like creators and people I've interviewed and so on that are there. And then I go to get lunch with my partner. And you know, she and I kind of see all these uh, these people, and it's like just overhearing these conversations about, yeah, man, I just closed on this big property, got this contract. I was like, this is such a juxtaposition of the people that are actually making stuff, and those are the interesting people. These people sitting here while we're turning up—not going to lie, we're not—but while we're turning up, they're talking about these six-figure conversations, but it's shallow and it's hollow, and it's nothing that really interests me
1: that i'm trying to tap into that too where it's like i'm talking about these six figure conversations but it's more so like like for me a lot of artists i look up to they're making pretty good money like the ones i'm looking to they're making pretty good money but they're still honoring serving their community while doing it like i want to be able to have those six-figure conversations where they're still very interesting i'm still serving the community but it's like The flex with the six figure is like what you're doing with it and investing back into it instead of just having the money. Like, yeah, Yeah. because I'm not really a materialistic kind of person. I guess I'm more so like the money is interesting for me so I could buy property because Mm -hmm. the more property, the better for generations under me or even just for my community in general, because like, I could buy a home in an area that's where they're pushing out black people like gentrification. Like I want to be able to, you know, help in that way. Or I don't know.
0: It falls into what you were saying though, about influencing change. And, you know, I think, you know, from the vantage point that I'm in, I'm not making six figures, mm -hmm. but, you know, between some of the funds that come in here from the day job, I'm close to it. And Mm -hmm. that's a validation marker. Like, all right, I'd rather I'd rather have freedom, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. might be. I'd rather have that versus what one has to trade for a set six figures. Like I have a, I have a buddy who got to that milestone and then he doesn't have space to create and to do the things that he enjoys. So you're not enjoying mm-hmm. those six figures. You just kind of have it. And that's, and I think I realized that early on, like I don't want to chase the brass ring. I just kind of want to do something that's enough that I can, hit those base level things, pay rent, mortgage in this case, uh, cover my studio time, things of the sort. And I think with doing this and doing podcasting for 13 years, it was kind of like when I started, it was that perfect timing. Like I was about a year and a half, two years into my career and uh, doing like data. And I was like, oh no, this sucks. This is not the long-term fix. Uh, Mm -hmm. I need to do something that, you know, does both and being able to split it down the middle. and you know, I have conversations with people and they'll say, so you do the creative stuff and you're doing data. Those are two very different areas. And I was like, I somehow make it work. And I think they, they serve each other. Like from a standpoint of doing this data, I can look at how I'm putting my work out there strategically. How am I putting out the content? And then from a content standpoint, a creat- creativity standpoint, let me look at creative ways to solve these data problems. So they serve each other. And ultimately that's that's where the contribution comes in at. And mm. I can take that same sort of approach when I talk to like artists and I talk to people like you, like, hey, hmm, how can we how can we go through this? How can we come up with these questions? How are we gonna like put these episodes out and this content out? So I wanna talk about um experimentation. So we're talking drugs, man. No, I want to talk about experimentation. <laughs> um, I, I, I read that, you know, you, you like to experiment with experiment with different media, different techniques. Why is that important to you? And yeah, so let me start right there.
1: Yeah, why is it important to me? I feel like just for me personally as an artist, um, it, it, it keeps you sharp. So, you know, you get into a routine, a routine, a routine, and then kind of lose... Either you lose the love for it or you forget other techniques that you've um, kind of gained over the years, too. But also, it's like you find, again, like different concepts or just different ways of communicating with different media. So I feel like, even for the different projects, some projects, when I'm talking to people, I'm like, this will make more sense as a painting. This will make more mm-hmm. sense as mixed media, um, just from what we're trying to portray. Like Some people might physically need to see that texture to really feel it and to really kind of understand whatever's going on some people it makes sense for it to be a digital a digital um piece so that it's applied to different kind of applications like i feel like that's important especially as for me saying that i'm multifaceted Mm -hmm. i feel like it is very important that i have at least expertise or technique in all these kind of different areas and playing around and that's just an easy way for me to communicate with a lot of different people it's like english spanish so on like you have these different languages and i feel like different mediums different medias mm. um different languages essentially and then when you bring like two together that's really beautiful too as well so um i feel like that's why it's very important just like for your art to be an artist yourself to keep yourself well versed but also to be able to communicate to different types of people
0: you should add this to your your line in instagram um a creative polyglot Uh yeah we're gonna put that in there i mean i just say you know (laughs) put a little dash next to there rob lee truth in his heart you know you heard it here (laughs) first folks uh so i got um, I got two more questions for you before we get to those rapid fire ones, and I want to I ask this one. Uh, so I read that your background includes interior design, you know, that's what you went to VCU mm-hmm. for, right? Uh, and, and it helped you learn to connect with people or perhaps come out of your shell a little bit. You mentioned you're, you know, yeah. bit of a bit of a shy person. Uh, Additionally, you've used it to kind of kind of connect to your art practice as well when you're working with like like different brands and such tell us tell us more about that like is it more of this kind of personal thing how 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 do those sorts of conversations go? How does those sort of interactions go to really build and then collaborate or then work with someone?
1: I would say interior design for one yeah the I'll touch on the physical aspect of it, but like the connection so I feel like for one interior design gave me a little bit of discipline especially with some of the like um like some of the jobs I've had and so on where there's always like a um there's a pattern of how to do things so you meet with your client then you understand their story then you understand maybe their style where they need help in like what they're struggling with with whatever space that they're in or what this how this space can serve them and you're thinking about all these different aspects so you make this complete thing for them and i like that interior design kind of taught me a step-by-step process because then i'm able to apply that as an artist so i'm not just seen as this person that's just kind of like all over the place it's still very it still gave me like the business aspect and i was able to carry that on with my art so people take me seriously they know i mean business yeah um i even want to tap more into the business side because i feel like there's so many things i could sharpened up with but at least it gave me that kind of shell in general we could always get better um but then, when it comes to the physical aspect, I love larger pieces. I'm actually a very tall woman. I love larger pieces, scales like very different for me. And then also um murals. So even when I'm doing murals, I'm thinking about how it's influencing people in that space. Why the murals even being put there? Like how is it serving the people using it? Same thing like with interior design and then even with art. Like what is that doing for that person in that space? And I feel like, interior design just really took me there and I could think of about how these pieces are gonna just bring a space together mm-hmm. a lot of times art is like art is like part of that decor it's one of those last things that bring personality to its personality to the space and so on I feel like as an interior designer I was always work like think about the beginning processes before everything's complete where art is finally I'm in a space where I could think about the beginning and then think about like the whole complete thing and it's just like ah like that finishing touch I like that I'm kind of in both fields because I'm still in design right now part-time I'm a color consultant for Benjamin Moore mm-hmm. um so I'm in the very beginning phase again um where a lot of people I'm working with them like they may have floor plans so on and then I'm coming in and helping them with color within their home and maybe window treatments and other things that we offer as well so it's it's interesting like the, during my day job seeing that beginning phase and then when my art i usually just see that end phase like yeah. people pretty much for the most part are building their space or they're pretty much 90 percent done and then that art comes in
0: <laughs> oh thank you and I'm, i might be reaching out to you for some consulting for uh, this new <laughs> studio set up in here i hate these <laughs> hate these great walls that are in the studio <laughs> So
1: come actually, see me. <laughs> yeah, I, I got
0: you. Um, so actually, you kind of answered the the last question I have for you, but you 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 gave me like two new rapid fire questions. So oh,
1: okay, okay.
0: So of course um, I did. Of course yeah. I did. But <laughs> so we can go into the rapid fire questions then, uh, and you know don't overthink these. They're they're yeah. regular questions. Regular. We're
1: having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: So uh, you mentioned you're tall. What's your height?
1: Six two.
0: I'm six four. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, twenty. <laughs> <teeth. laughs>
0: um, how do you how do you structure your day? Like generally, you know, I, I know that some people are creatures of habit. I, I know that when I'm doing good, I can make I can make good use of the twenty four hours or what have you. Um, so I like always have kind of the same lunch. I'm always kind of have coffee at the same time. How do you structure your day? What are you usually having for lunch? What is your favorite time to create?
1: So I think it's weird for me because every day's different for me, but it's so different from when I was a college athlete, especially because I was in art school too. So I was an athlete and in art school at the same time. Don't tell me how I did both. Don't ask me how I did both. I don't know. <laughs> the energy I had as a 17 to 22-year-old, I have no idea where that energy went. I want it back. But I, I feel like I had a very disciplined life pretty much from elementary school throughout college like going to private school too as well I'm just used to and my parents I mean I was the only child I was the only child they could focus on so for the most part I was pretty disciplined throughout my life so as my adulthood and even now being on my own and living by myself no roommates. um there's freedom but I feel like that structure is always going to be there so I I kind of say I have like a it's like it's a structured free kind of schedule right okay. and I feel mm-hmm. like um I'm kind of in the space where the part-time gives me a little structure because I'm going into a space and doing work three times a week but the other times I could go off my emotion so some I have high and low emotions just like many artists probably do because we're really affected with not even just our own personal lives but like what's going on in our out like outside of us so if I'm not feeling the best that week. I'm planning a lot of things that will help with my mental health, whether it's just more workouts. I started going back to the gym this month. <sighs> Congratulate <laughs> me because like Congrats you, on you
0: that. Know.
1: Yeah, because especially like going from a like a D1 athlete to like not doing anything at all, it took a toll on my mental health as well. So like I feel good, I feel great. I am sore as hell. But <laughs> um so like just finding things that will help my mental health and so on. Other weeks, I'll have a lot of projects. So I I usually plan my week from the beginning of the week, like Sunday, Monday. And then I'll just look at things I have to do. And I just try to plan fun things. And luckily for me, I have fun friends. I have great friends. They're very chill. They're not messy. So most of the time, I'm going to have fun at least twice a week. So I really, again, that balance of really enjoying life. Like today, I wake up. I'm like, I have no clients this morning. Let me go to the beach and paint. Because yeah. it's the last day of summer, and why not? And now yeah. I feel happier, and I'll just get to enjoy the rest of my day and really get that sunlight. So I know this is not the answer everybody wants, because they're like, this is not giving me the structure that I want. Um, but I feel like I'll definitely go off my emotions for sure and making 100%. sure that I feed into myself what I need at that time.
0: No, 100 As long as I get
1: work done is like, you know, I have my to do list. I have my planner if I do not have my planner. So this is how I'm able to live my free ish life. I write everything down, even if it's hanging out with my girls. If it's just like I'm going to my friend's house, I'm writing that down in my planner. And that's how I'm able to kind of be spontaneous and so on, because I'm able to look at my schedule, make sure I got my stuff done for that day or that week. And then it's time for fun. I will plan fun the fun will be written on the
0: schedule you, you, <laughs> so. got, you gotta have that and i mm-hmm. i find for, for me i try to structure like for instance i think like on a on a pretty busy week i might have 15 interviews
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i'm putting in research i'm putting in writing questions and i try to make them unique i'm not just having the questions i'm going to ask you i'm going to ask the next guest so i have you i try to make yeah. them unique so you can imagine you know you're putting in that time and to do the content it's like here's 30 to 45 extra hours that you're contributing to this on Mm -hmm. top of the 40 hour work week. And I somehow make it work. But, um, yeah, having like a calendar, I hated it initially because I like to just do what I do. And now it's just like, yeah, I kind of need my calendar real quick. I'm talking to people. Let me check my calendar.
1: Calendars and to do lists. Like some of my friends be looking right across, like even if it's like, we're talking about a party, I'm like, oh, let me look at my calendar. They're like, girl, I'm like, look, there's a lot of moving pieces in my life right now. Yeah. Even my, like, it's easy if, like, you're like, okay, my position, Monday through Friday, nine to five, cool. It's, you, you could work around that. Me, yeah. my, every day's different. So it's like, I really, if anything, I have to be a little bit more disciplined. So and it's I, like, yeah, I have to look at my planner.
0: <laughs> but I, but I like to have, um, I like to do this this one tactic that works for me really well is if I can stack things because I find Mm. that I the work is always going to be it's going to be taking precedent. Then like the day job takes precedent. I'm somewhere at third or fourth, you know, this, this whole hierarchy, which isn't always good. Obviously, it's not good at all. But I try to shift it at times. But if I can combine things you know, like, oh, well, I need to hang out with this person. Mm, You know, let me hang out with these two people. Now I feel like I've done Mm -hmm. a couple of things. And if I can do it at some sort of like gallery opening, now I've done a little work and done some socializing and I've satisfied many things.
1: (laughs) I do that a lot, especially with my art, because I feel like a lot of artists that end up in this space where they're kind of like resenting their work because it's like, yeah, it's a creative space. It's your therapy. So it's like, why am I pushing this to make money and so on? So like, I I make it fun. Like this year, I'm like, I want to travel more. So why not travel with my art? I want to go to different cities. So, you know, opportunities come up to go to other cities for Mm -hmm. like to do an event or so on. So it's like you get to go to the event, but maybe I might see family that's in the area. Maybe I get to sightsee or spend the weekend there and experience the city there. But also I'm growing Melroy and doing that. So that was a big thing for me this year um and then yeah when you have the events or so on it's fun so it's like you're having your fun and working at the same time I love when that happens
0: <laughs> um so in this on average how many hours of sleep do you get <laughs>
1: so I was <laughs>
0: that's a great response that's a great response that's all this response <laughs> we need for that you laughed at it. you're like ah. no
1: so uh-huh usually I would say I get a good like seven hours whether like I get a good seven hours um but I've been noticing recently I would wake up before my alarm and then at that point you know I'm pretty present on social media I try my best with social media so then at that point it's like once I wake up I try to post some things it's like I might as well just stay up so then in, like, those times, I'm, like, I might sleep for five hours. So usually I would say I sleep anywhere to five to seven hours. If I sleep more than, like, seven and a half, I feel kind of weird. Like, I don't like oversleeping. I can't oversleep. Like, sleeping into me is just laying in bed for a few hours after I wake up. I'm really not. I can't sleep for more than seven and a half. Make me feel weird. <laughs>
0: um. So I got two more for you. Uh. Mm-hmm. Like hearkening back on your uh, your lineage, what is your favorite Caribbean food?
1: Uh, so hard. I know. <laughs> I love all food basically outside of America. Literally all, right. all of it. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Caribbean food, I love all things curry and jerk. Um, as, as one should some, Yeah, all things curry and jerk I like the seafood whenever I travel to the Caribbean um, In Jamaica, I like ackee and sawfish And ackee is actually a fruit um, that's cooked with sawfish And it's really, really good I could have, I could literally eat that for a whole day With just different <laughs> stuff Dang, ackee and sawfish might be my favorite Jamaican dish And people, Jamaicans might find me weird for saying that Because I feel like everybody's thing is like Curry go, curry this, jerk this Jerk pork is good. If you ever go to the side of the road in the country, whenever you go on vacation, get the jerk pork on the side of the road. (laughs) And And then just the fruit. The fruit is just different. It's, It's not all gray. It's nice and juicy. You can tell that it's just fresh. I just love the food. food. (laughs) You're selling tickets. No, I'm so... The only reason I'm sad is because I have some family in Jamaica right now, even though I went... um, Well, my mom's family, I still have a good amount of family in Jamaica, but my dad's side of the family, that's from the D.C. side, some of them are down there in Jamaica right now. And I could have went with them, but I was like, I got to stack up. I can't. The first half of the year, I traveled a lot. So I was like, okay, let me chill out for this second half of the year and like put into my savings in my business um <laughs>
0: <laughs> I dig but it.
1: it made me sad because i see them posting right now all the food i'm like smuggle some don't go to jail but,
0: i just i just want some cocoa bread that's all i want
1: yeah that's all I want, cocoa yeah bread. i mean there is some good cocoa bread if you come to the silver spring area there are a lot of caribbean african um cuisine that's really good another i love the area i live in just so many different foods around me it's so good <laughs>
0: Well, with that, uh, I think that's a good space for us to um, to end on because we've made everyone hungry, you know, at the end of this. um, But uh, I want to, one, thank you for coming on to this podcast. And um, two, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks, the listeners, where to check you out, your work and all of that good stuff.
1: Yes. So So my full name. Yes. So my full name is Melanie Royster, but my art business is Melroy Art. So for pretty much all my social media handles, it would be Melroy Art. Um, So Instagram at MelroyArt, M-E-L-R-O-Y, art. And the same thing on TikTok. And I probably will be building out other social media platforms that I have. But those are the two I'm active on right now.
0: And there you have it, folks. Uh, I'm Rob Lee for Melanie Royster, the great Melanie Royster, saying that there's art in and around your neck of the woods. You just got to look for it.